Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Monday. It's, uh, well, it's going to be an interesting, we always say that. It's going to be an interesting week. I got to yeah. find a new way to say it's going to be an interesting week. <laughs> uh, over the weekend, uh, China is now moving warships into the Middle East, into the area of Israel and uh, Gaza. So uh, they're making their presence known. Russia is a little ticked off. He's, you know, Joe Biden during his speech compared Hamas to Putin. And Putin yeah. didn't take that well. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. As well, a, you got, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you got to wonder if we're about to go to war because, you know, you mentioned China mm-hmm. and Russia. You know, they're talking about sending a fleet over. But did you know? That we've got over 12,000 U.S. troops. Yeah. U.S. troops, 12,000, over 12,000, aboard 10 warships that are advancing to the Middle East. Yep. Right? The, uh, what, Dwight Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group uh, has been redirected to the Central Command Area. Uh, Also, what's the other group? The other group is uh, Gerald Ford, the Gerald Ford Group. And by the way, when they say group build, there's multiple ships here. It's not just the carrier. Their support ships and protection well, ships and things like it's that. Probably, it's probably those two groups, but that is pretty big and significant. But the 12,000 troops Ooh. caught my ear, and the, they're calling up more troops. I know yeah, there's another I, I, five. I heard, I heard there was another 2,000 called up this morning. Well, then that would make seven. Now, that tells me they're going to look. I, I'm going to be just lay it on the line. You know, when they're calling up troops, that's a body count. When they call up boys to go to war, their body counts. They're, they're, they're out there running to get shot. They don't know that, but they, they are. And I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that. But I, I say that, you know, because I have uh, a, a draft-age son. I've already lost one child. I don't need to lose another one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I'm going, is there going to be a draft? And because that will be the next step. I have a grandson who's draft age. He's in college, but what difference will that make if things get hot and heavy? And by the way, uh, federal officials have sounded the alarm on the potential infiltration of members belonging to Hamas, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and Hezbollah through our southern border. They put a notice out on the uh, 20th, but we just found out about it uh, yesterday, but this is not something that we didn't already speculate on. You and I have talked about the fact that uh, bad actors have been coming across our border for months now. They're just admitting it. The government says, mm-hmm. yeah, well, we have some probably Hamas in our country. There was a big demonstration over the weekend in Dearborn, Michigan, huge demonstration of anti-Israeli uh, uh, people. Most of these people were Palestinian uh, either uh, residents in our country or uh, some of them were legal citizens who, you know, but others were illegals too. All there in one large group, uh, you, you know, chanting from the river to the sea, Gaza must be free or something like that. Um, Whatever it is. Yeah. They are in, in Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn. There's a section in Brooklyn that is, that is uh, basically uh, Palestinian. It, it's just mm-hmm. the way it is. It, it, they've settled in one area. 
Uh, it is a no-go zone for a lot of police officers, and they had a big demonstration there that got so bad it became violent. They started attacking police officers. Uh, you can go online and do a, a search for yourself and see it. Uh, they were throwing bottles. They were throwing uh, everything they could get their hands on. Uh, the police were overwhelmed. I don't know how they, they got out of there without anybody being seriously injured because it was a mess. But, you know, the media downplays all this stuff. We don't see yeah. this. Now, if this were Black Lives Matter, if this were uh, Minnesota, if this were uh, Minneapolis two or three years ago, and it was for the right co cause, they would have it wall-to-wall -wall news coverage. But because this was a Palestinian group demonstrating against the Jews, they, right. they did nothing. They did nothing on this. They just kept it basically quiet. The footage that I saw was from cell cameras, from uh, iPhones and uh, things like Androids. It wasn't TV crews out there covering this like it was a news story. Hmm. We're, we're being blacked out. A lot of uh, stuff that we should be told, we're not being told. Well, you know, the news, and we were just talking about this before the show, and, and it... Uh it's wishy-washy. I can sit there and see a story and go, well, I don't have a pen or paper and I'm not by a printer, so I don't have it. So I have to look at it and read it and go, okay, I got this. And, you know, you talk about it and paraphrase it. it, it a lot of people do that, even major news lefty outfits. They do that. So sometimes you get it wrong. Now, I was, and I mentioned, I was a little disheartened uh, yesterday listening to the podcast going, ah, I'm an idiot. I need to pay more attention <laughs> or maybe I need to get somebody else here to do something. Uh, because, uh, let me pull it up here. There was a lady that was, um, in the news and now the story is, oh, there it is. Um, I, w I was talking about, uh, Miss Meeks, the uh, Iowa representative. Uh, actually it's, uh, she was one of the holdouts, I guess, Bill. She was one of the, uh, the group yeah, of 20 representative Miller uh, says Miller Meeks. Anyway. Yeah. She was one of the holdouts. All right, and I had mentioned that there were, there were messages that were sent and phone calls that were made that, uh, you know, they, 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 threatened, uh, they threatened life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hadn't heard that, and I was going, well, I can't, I can't back this up. And, you know, so I started feeling really, you know, really bad about it. And I think I read to you earlier uh, where they sat there and uh, they had the story, and, but... Apparently, what they did after the story was out, somebody came back and said, oh, we, we, we can't say that there were death threats. You know, we'll just say, uh, you know, there were, there were threatening calls. And, but here's what the actual quote is. Quote is, since my vote in support of Chairwoman Granger, I have received credible death threats and a barrage of threatening calls. So the death threats, you know, even though, you know, I was kind of in, you know, I did... You know, if if you knew how that. many people who are in the news business get out there and misspeak, if, uh, who throw uh, unsubstantiated facts, quote, facts out at the people, they don't uh, get upset at themselves. They just move on. Uh, here you are. Uh, you and I, would, we're doing our best to get the facts uh, accurate to to our listeners. Don't beat yourself up, my friend. Do not beat no, yourself no, up. No, no. But I got to tell you, I, I do think right now we are on the verge of uh, of a catastrophe. I mean, yeah. a real. We are on the verge of what might be. I hate to use the term world war. 
We have Iran just said to Israel over the weekend, if you go into Gaza, we're coming in. We're coming after you. Israel, in return, turned around, and this is, a, this is almost a quote. Not perfect, but it's close. Uh, I forgot the gentleman. He was either like a secretary of defense or in Israel. He said on an interview, if Iran makes a move, we will wipe them off the face of the earth. That was basically what he said. We will wipe them off the face of the earth. The only way you can do something like that is if you go to the next step, which God forbid anybody does, because when that happens, all bets are off. All bets are off. You're going to see uh, we're talking nuclear. And we're starting to bounce around in this area right now. China's getting their, their feet in the water. Uh, we have our feet in the water right now. You know Russia's probably going to move their, their ships closer. All this stuff is boiling. In the meantime, yeah. we have a guy who is president of the United States who over the weekend, you could see him strolling along the beach, the beach. with a telephone to his head, talking to Jill Biden. And people are saying, wait a second, is this Nero fiddles by, while Rome burns? Because yeah. it sure seems that way. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a crazy messed up world. Uh, I'm I'm in fear of things. I'm in fear. There are so many things that have gone wrong, and I don't care what the left says or the story they tell you. Bidenomic sucks. Biden the war machine sucks. But you know, things are so bad. How the hell else is he going to dig out of this hole? But maybe with war. You That's what I was get... thinking, Bill. I was thinking, is he going to hide? All of the mess that he's done and the mess that he's getting into, is he going to hide this by standing as a war president? Is he going to try? He's trying to present himself as a war president right now. Well, you know, the sick of head Democrats are going, I think he's doing a good job. He's handled the Middle East really well. Look what he did. He kept Israel. I'm like, are you an idiot? Yes, Dude, they are. I mean, you know, sometimes life pro proves people to be idiots. And I'm going, no, 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 they're not. And then it goes. Life comes back and goes. Well, here's the proof. Duh. Well, you and know, like, you know what he did when he was over there. We talked about this on Friday or Saturday uh, when he was in Israel. He gave money to the Israelis, yeah. and then he gave money to Hamas. Well, he said he gave it to the Palestinians in the Gaza area, but they interviewed somebody in the State Department. I forgot his the gentleman's name, but the, they said to him one of the questions was. Well, what's to stop Hamas from taking the money once we send it to Gaza? And the guy said, well, they're not supposed to, but they have the guns. Meaning, oh. how do you stop them? Honest they're to not. God, they, these people are, are, they can't be this stupid and be running our government, but they apparently are. So we're sending yeah, $100 million. They can. They can. I, I think there was a, a survey out where America believes that Democrats are more interested in winning by any means than they are in governing and case in point look at biden and what he's doing bidenomics has failed i mean we've talked we're talking about what is it uh, inflation is up dramatically it's, oh, yeah. it's to a point to where the the average income has gone down by about seventeen hundred dollars 
a year, but inflation has gone up, you know, and I mean, it, it, it's crazy. You know, Bill, but, we were talking about uh, Biden being a wartime president, trying to present himself as a wartime president. He's a wartime idiot. Uh, on Friday, Jesse Waters was commenting about this. Jesse does a show on Fox, yes. and uh, he's pretty good. And he mentioned Biden and his wartime position. Listen. Tonight, the world is on the brink and the White House is panicking because Joe Biden's president. The United States now sponsoring a double proxy war against the Iranians and the Russians. China's eyeing Taiwan and North Korean weapons were just discovered in Gaza. The State Department has just issued a worldwide travel warning to all countries. When's the last time that's happened? Americans aren't even safe in France. Our enemies are being mobbed by angry Muslims. Our military bases are under attack in Iraq. And we just had to shoot down two Iranian-made missiles. How was your week? Well, this right now breaks. Putin is in China meeting with Xi, where they're coordinating Mideast policy. Two American carrier strike groups are in the Mediterranean, and Biden just tested one of our new nuclear weapons, detonating a massive bomb in Nevada. And we keep catching Middle Easterners sneaking across the secure southern border. Axios reports top officials say this has been the, quote, heaviest, most chilling week since Biden took office. The Biden administration is, quote, rattled, according to this report. Doesn't that make you feel safe? They say this matrix of crises pose an epic concern and historic danger. Washington fears these wars can spread. But have no fear. Last night, Joe Biden announced he's a wartime president. This morning, I returned from Israel. They tell me I'm the first American president to travel there during the war. I boarded a train with blacked out windows for a 10-hour ride each way to Kiev. To stand with the people of Ukraine, I'm told I was the first American to enter a war zone not controlled by the United States military since President Lincoln. We cannot and will not let terrorists like Hamas and tyrants like Putin win. I refuse to let that happen. Biden's a proxy wartime president. Ignore the fact that his policies got us into these proxy wars. So forget Bidenomics. Biden is running as General Patton. It's an election year. War sells. The Inflation Reduction Act doesn't. Here's proof. Biden's getting slaughtered by Trump in almost every swing state. Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Biden loses in a landslide if the election was today. So Biden's pivoting. He's running on guns and butter. Biden's asking Congress for $100 billion. But Biden says, don't worry. The taxpayers are just funding defense contractors. These proxy wars are made in America. We send Ukrainian equipment sitting in our stockpiles. And when we use the money allocated by Congress, we use it to replenish our own stores, our own stockpiles with new equipment. Equipment that that defends America and is made in America. Patriot missiles for air defense batteries made in Arizona. Artillery shells manufactured in 12 states across the country, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Texas, and so much more. You know, just as in World War II, today patriotic American workers are building the arsenal of democracy and serving the cause of freedom. Biden's proxy wars, same thing as his jobs plan. We're building back better an arsenal of democracy. 
Biden loves democracy everywhere in the world except here. Here he's arresting Trump. Now, if it seems like Biden's funding all sides of these wars, it's because he is. He's sending $6 billion to the Iranians, $100 million to Hamas, $14 billion to Israel, $60 billion to Ukraine, $5 billion to the Saudis, and $2 billion for Taiwan. Biden's like a Vegas bookkeeper because the big guy's getting it on the backside, too. The Chinese, the Russians, the Ukrainians are sending his family millions. And it's not like anyone's tracking the money because the Pentagon lost $6 billion in Ukraine. And Biden's State Department is admitting, yeah, Hamas is probably going to get their hands on the aid. The people with guns inside Gaza are Hamas. And so Hamas may try to divert this assistance and keep it from getting to the civilians who, who it is intended for. We think that's a legitimate concern. Yeah, see, it's the thought that counts. Biden's policies got us into these proxy wars, and now he wants to run as a war hero. All of these invasions happened on his watch. That doesn't make you a war hero. It just means he can't deter anybody. The world does what it wants while Joe wags his finger and hands out weapons. Now, to be fair, I understand the argument why we have to do it, but we shouldn't be in the position where we have to do it because the president has turned his back on the American people. Here he was last night accusing Americans of hate crimes. I know many of you in the Muslim American community, the Arab American community, the Palestinian American community, and so many others are outraged and hearty, saying to yourselves, here we go again with Islamophobia and distrust we saw after 9-11. We must, without equivocation, denounce anti-Semitism. We must also, without equivocation, denounce Islamophobia. Joe Biden spent more time last night fighting hate crime than he has in three years fighting real crime. Hate crimes are less than 1% of crime. And Biden spent five minutes in an Oval Office address castigating us over isms and phobias. But Americans are getting murdered, shot, mugged, and the man's dead silent. There's some war zones in America that Joe hasn't visited. North Philly, the south side of Chicago, the Mexican border. Mr. President, if you have some downtime in between fighting Russia and Iran, could you fight the cartels, the gangs here, maybe inflation? That'd be great. Jesse Waters on his show uh, on Friday you know, a few things about that comment, which is so true. He admitted that we're replenishing our stockpile that we've given away. Yeah. He's saying, well, we have to get shells for our troops. Wait a second. Who in their right mind doles out their supply of stuff and then they're short? You know, I mean, does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't make sense at all. But that is, you know, what we're doing. Hell, we're trying to uh, refill the uh, the strategic reserve, which you know the money, uh, the gas that's going in, mm-hmm. is a pittance because Joe, you know, oh, I'm going to get it cheaper. Well, we're paying more for it. So Joe's brilliance, you know, has put us in a pickle. I mean, we got no reserve, no fuel for our weapons. We don't have ammunition for our weapons, and our people are are becoming poorer by the day. I mean, you've got inflation going crazy. Um, then he says, Bill, to- then he says to uh, uh, everybody during his speech, don't be phobic. Don't be anti-Islamic. 
but in then you see on the news, maybe the same news show, you see these violent demonstrations in New York and in Dearborn, Michigan, and in other cities, and mm. and you're not supposed to worry about that. You're not supposed to be concerned that maybe this might be coming to your neighborhood. You're supposed to just say, "Oh, that's nothing. Don't be phobic. Just move on. There's nothing to see here." Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I I am phobic, and I'm uh, Biden phobic too. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. This, yeah. Well, there, there's a new phrase for you, Biden phobic. If we hear yes. it somewhere, we know where it came from. Yeah. But uh, you, you know, look, when you've got the poverty rate up 12.4 percent in the United States and salaries down. We have got a problem. That is the first time in 13 years that we've seen anything like that. And you can't blame Trump for that because these numbers started tanking with Joe Biden. Yes, that's true. But right now, uh, he's trying to get your attention away from looking at that. Yeah, let's, he let's wants start a you, war. He wants you to look at the war. He, you got to wonder, are these people so desperate that they will literally hide their incompetence by getting us into a war? Do they think so little of people that they will go into war, put our troops in the line of fire so that they won't be caught uh, for the crimes that they've committed? Do you know? And, and yeah. you got to look and say, well, maybe. Look, at her, look, look what he's doing. He's moving troops into the Middle East. He doesn't care whether China's moving up. And these people, you know, the Pentagon, they had to uh, they had to figure this out before we got into it. They weren't surprised, I think. They weren't surprised by the Middle East blowing up. I mean, what happened two Saturdays ago was terrible, and I don't know whether they actually thought that is what would happen. I thought maybe they thought that there would be an attack on Israeli troops not on Israeli citizens, but I do think that they knew when they were when they were planning this whole thing or what do they call it, gaming it, when they were figuring out what was going to happen. They knew something was going to happen soon, and here's how we were going to approach it. The fact that they moved these battle groups into, into position so quickly says to me that they knew something was up. They, these battle groups were... Manned and ready to go. Think of how fast. How fast do you think one of those ships travels? The uh, the what Eisenhower or the Ford. I mean, those are big carriers. They don't move with this. They don't move. Uh, they, they go slowly. What uh, ten knots, maybe? Uh, not very quickly. If the, if they were in Norfolk, Virginia, it probably would take two weeks for it to get to the Middle East. But it didn't. Yeah, I I don't know. It didn't. I mean, they were there in no time. They're they're out there right now, and it hasn't been two weeks since that attack took place. Now, I uh, this whole thing to me is it's a habuki dance. They were trying to get our, our attention away from the incompetence and the problems we're experiencing on the home front. I mean, you would think right now because we're on the verge of a war. They would say to the American people, effective immediately, our borders are closed. Because of the fact that we are at war, and we, we already know that Hamas and Hezbollah and uh, the Palestine Islamic Jihad are moving across our border, we know this, 
So we're closing the border. It's shut down. Absolutely no one is to come across the border effective immediately. But they haven't done it. They just keep letting them in. And this is something which speaks volumes to me. They know all this is happening, and they want it to happen. This guy in Washington and his minions, they want this to happen to us. They want to see us destroyed internally and externally. And they're getting their way. I don't see, you know, I keep expecting someone on a, on a white horse to ride into our to this storyline and to rescue us because it's so obvious to anybody who's looking from the sidelines what's happening to our country. I keep hearing that there's a guy with a white horse on the horizon. He's ready to go. It's going to happen any time now, but it doesn't happen. We just keep sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into this quagmire of crap. That this, that this administration is putting us in. And and I'm sorry, friends, uh, I, I don't see right now, I don't see us being rescued by anybody. I mean, when I hear people say, well, wait until 2024, oh, my dear God, think of what's happened during the last month. Forget getting to 2024. Heck, that's that's 13 months from now. 13 months from now, do you think that this won't be a full-blown World War III in 13 months? I do. Well, I think so, too. And you know what that means? Joe Biden will have elected himself to stay president. Well, you know, I, I do think, Bill, that he stole 2020. That's my opinion. I know that there are people out there who want to put people in prison for thinking that. Uh, but uh, I do think that it was a stolen election. I think they're, they're going to do their damnedest to steal it again. You know, the, the January 6th people, uh, there's a story on Gateway Pundit about it. One of the guys, I don't have his name right in front of me, one of the prisoners, because he's going, Trump 2024, but he came out and said, you know, they tortured us to turn on Trump. So everybody from, well, the insurrection, you were part of an insurrection, you were part of a coup, right? Smack. You were part of a coup, right? I, no, he didn't say that. But I'm just saying, if you're tortured, tortured is yeah, not always His verbal. name, Bill, it's, is Nathaniel DeGrave. And uh, he says he still loves President Trump regardless of the harsh consequences of being a Trump supporter. You're absolutely correct. You can find that story on the Gateway Pundit. And uh, it's right there. Yeah. You'll see it. He, you know, they, they wanted him to, uh, to repent, to uh, speak badly of Trump, but he wouldn't do it, no matter what well, they did know, to him. They've got Democrat judges in place, you know, that sit there. And again, that is where America's coming from, saying, you know, the Democrats, they don't care what they got to do. They just got to win. Yep. They got to win. Let's, let's take Trump off the ballot in California. Let's take him off the ballot in Colorado. Where else can we take him off the ballot? Who can we sit there and twist and twist enough to turn, you know, and take cop a plea? Now, I understand they're going to cop a plea of everybody that down in the Georgia case so they can get to Trump. And I'm sitting there going, you know, Trump, 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 what? are the Democrats and the rhinos so afraid of? Now, Trump's numbers are growing, but what are you so afraid of? Why can't you just, you know, 
find find the message that you need to be Trump or a candidate and not sit there and try to sit there and strong arm people lie about things and it's obvious what you're doing you know you talk what about are you Trump afraid of uh, the latest this just broke a few minutes ago the uh, latest Emerson College polling oh, center yeah. survey found both DeSantis and uh, Nikki Haley sitting at single digits right now. DeSantis at like 8%. In the meantime, Trump just keeps growing because Trump looks like somebody who is strong enough to get us out of this, and I don't think anybody else on the the Deus have that persona. I mean, would you trust Nikki Haley to get us out of this situation? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't trust her for anything. And you know, they last week they were touting, "Oh, she's gonna her numbers. She's getting ready to topple Trump." Well, yeah, you know, you can do that with a single digit number, right? Uh, sure, you <laughs> can, Nikki. I'm sorry. You know, I used to think that she was a contender, and then she started opening her mouth, and <laughs> yeah. then I realized she is nothing. And I don't mean that against her, any of her ethnicity or anything. You know, I'm sure she's a smart young lady. But what she's spewing out there is not all well, 100%. You know, when somebody gives you a break, like makes you the uh, U.N. ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., uh, when somebody really thinks highly of you and, and allows you to be an important figure in their administration, and then you turn around and you shiv that person, you'll remember that uh, on January 6th, Nikki Haley was one of the first people to send in her letter of resignation. Why? Because she was thinking about 2024 already, and she mm. knew it was the p- politically expedient thing to do. She's not to be trusted. Speaking of being somebody who shivs people, uh, Mike Pence cannot figure out why uh, his campaign is circling down the drain. Uh, he went to literally, this is, this is a true story over the weekend, he had a function at this pizza place, mm-hmm. and 15 people showed up. Maybe. Too bad. Maybe. He is, he's a, I think the figure was $650,000 in debt right now so. because of the campaign. This thing, they can expect uh, him to pull the plug on his uh, candidacy very soon. But he doesn't so. understand it, Bill. So why do the people show up? For Mike Pence or the pizza? <laughs> I don't know. You have to really want pizza badly, though. To, to, well, that's what I'm saying. Fifteen people showing up. It, it had to be the pizza. It wasn't Mike. And then yeah. that means he scared off a lot more people that could have come for pizza. You know, it, he, he actually seems surprised that his campaign hasn't hasn't taken any, uh, uh, hasn't, ta- you know, turned around and become a, a successful campaign. Do, are these people so, so... A disconnected with the public. Another person over the weekend who said that they had not ruled out running for the presidency was Liz Cheney. Oh, yeah. She says, so yeah, help it's me in God. the inner sights. Yeah. No, I saw that too. Yeah. I had that written down here in my notes uh, on the uh, Cheney threatening or uh, threatening. You know, well, I said threatening about <laughs> presidency. That's That was my note. She's threatening. Yeah. She's going to run. Yeah. Ooh, I'm scared now. <laughs> Actually, I am scared because. The way that numbers are cooked, you never know. The little old Liz could say, oh, I won by a landslide, I did. I mean, does she realize that she lost by one of the biggest uh, margins in her state, in, in Wyoming? She lost, uh, it, it, it was like, as soon as the public realized what she was doing and who she was, she was toast. 
does she honestly think it's going to be any different if she runs for the presidency? I mean, for God's sakes, are these people delusional? I see. I think they live in their own little cocoons down in Washington. You know, she was a representative from Wyoming, but I think she uh, very rarely visited the state. If she lived in D.C., I think she probably even grew up in D.C. because her father was vice president and, you know, the family was there. But she ran using the Cheney name in Wyoming. And, and the first time around, they thought, oh, she's one of us. She was never one of you. And, and, and now she doesn't understand why people wouldn't vote for her for the presidency. Whew, man, that's amazing. Uh, Ted Cruz was on with Maria Bartiromo yesterday. He was talking about the status of uh, the Biden administration and what's happening in the Middle East, too. It was interesting. Listen. Let me get your take from a policy perspective, what you can do, what you and your colleagues can do in the face of this bloodshed. Well, this attack is the worst attack on Israel in 50 years. This is... What happened on October 7th and the early mornings of October 7th is the single largest mass murder of Jews in a day since the Holocaust. And Israel right now is quite rightly responding and they are responding. Prime Minister Netanyahu has made clear that his objective is to utterly eradicate Hamas. These terrorists, they targeted civilians. They went from home to home to home going after civilians, deliberately murdering, murdering the elderly, murdering women, murdering children. They would murder entire families simply because they were Jewish. They violently raped women and young girls, publicly parading them in the street. They murdered and decapitated and burned alive toddlers and infants. This is horrific and it is evil what Hamas terrorists have done. Now, going forward, there are several steps for U.S. policy. Number one, we need to cut off the funding that has enabled this attack to happen. And what is so infuriating is that over the last two and a half years, Joe Biden and the Biden administration have flowed nearly $100 billion to Iran. Understand, Hamas is a proxy for Iran. Without Iran, there would be no Hamas. And Wall Street Journal has reported that this attack was planned by Iran, was funded by Iran, was directed by Iran, and yet the Biden administration continues to allow billions and billions of dollars to flow to the Ayatollah to be used to murder Israelis and to murder Americans. That, that, is, that is exactly right, Senator. And right now, we have Iranian sympathizers working within the Biden administration. And that is why I started asking you, what can you do about it? Because these atrocities are continuing. And we have Robert Malley, apparently Biden's chief yes. negotiator in the Iran nuclear talks. We have others that are still working in the administration that have been leading this effort to get the United States back into an Iran deal, leading this effort to, in fact, lower the sanctions, enabling Iran to generate billions in revenue. And what are they doing with the money? They are empowering these terrorists. Well, and and, and what you just mentioned with Rob Malley remains one of the greatest national security scandals in our nation's history. So Rob Malley was was Joe Biden's chief negotiator for Iran. He's an incredible Iran sympathizer. He is an advocate, a passionate advocate for the disastrous Obama-Iran nuclear deal. But he also has extraordinarily bad judgment. He's been fired. 
He's had his security clearances stripped, which I want you to pause and think, just how bad does his conduct have to be to have his security clearances pulled by this ideological and radical White House? But we now know also that among other things, Three of Rob Malley's top advisors, his, his inner circle his, his, the, that he relied on, were Iranian operatives. They were recruited by the government of Iran. They were directed by the Iranian foreign minister. They reported to the Iranian foreign minister. We have their emails now in which they discuss. One of them discusses with the foreign minister that, that his loyalties are with the government of Iran and he is there to do whatever they direct, including making the message from within the federal government that, that, that there's nothing wrong with Iran having a nuclear stockpile. You literally had three Iranian spies working in senior positions directly around the U.S. government. One of them, as far as we know, remains a chief of staff in the Department of Defense to this day with access to classified documents. And yet, the corporate media cannot be brought to mention that three Iranian spies were brought into senior levels of government with access to classified materials while working directly for Iran, the same Iran that just murdered 31 Americans and 1,400 Israelis, the same Iran directed by an Ayatollah who regularly leads mobs chanting death to America and death to Israel. Ted Cruz with Maria Bartiromo yesterday, and he goes on. The whole interview uh, is available online. Uh, and uh, But what he said is so true. 100 billion dollars to Iran. It, we're funding the uh, efforts of Hamas. We're, yeah, we are. And my question, Bill, is, you know, we, we were talking about these Hamas members and Hezbollah members coming across our southern border. Why? I mean, uh, you have to say, wait a second, why are these single uh, Hamas uh, people coming across our southern border if it wasn't that they were planning an attack internally, especially if we go to war uh, against them. We're going to have our hands full, friends. Well, probably more so than you think. I mean, I've got, uh, I've got some news just in, but let's, let's, let's recap what we've talked about today. We've talked about Bidenomics. We've talked about 12.4% uh, uh, poverty rate in the United States. Salaries are down. We've talked about uh, 12,000 troops on warships headed to the Middle East, and China and Russia are putting troops there too, so we're getting ready for that. We've talked about a bunch of different things going on like that, uh, and we're talking about uh, terrorists inside of our border, you know, that uh, we could have civil unrest here. What else could there be? Well, polls by the University of Virginia Center for Politics shows a nation at war with itself. 52% of Biden supporters say Republicans are now a threat to American life, while 47% of Trump supporters say the same about Democrats. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Among Biden supporters, 41% now believe violence is justified to stop Republicans from achieving their goals. And almost identical number, 38%, of Trump supporters now embrace violence to stop Democrats. The perfect uh, environment war. for a civil war. Yep. Exactly. Now, can we fight a war in the Middle East, put up with terrorism in our country, salaries are shrinking, 
The shelves are going bare at the stores. Prices are going up. Like I said, salaries going down. And then we start fighting amongst ourselves. You're in a car. You don't know what that person is thinking next to you. Well, he looks like a Republican. I got a gun. Bang! Well, he looks like a Democrat. Yeah, he's got a Biden sticker. Boom! What's going to go yeah. on here? Yeah, well, I think that this is... They can't be unaware of this. They can't. They have to know that this is the environment that they are allowing to fester in this country, you know? They have to real. I mean, I, they, they, I think they want this bill. They yes, want this they turmoil. If you got political stickers on your car, get them off. Well, you got a blue shirt, throw it away. You got a red shirt, throw it away. Let's say there's Be civil neutral. Let's say there's a civil uh, war of now, maybe not a formal civil war, but we start to see uh, violence breaking out in different parts of the country. What does this allow the government to do? Lock us down. It sure does. It allows crazy them to, elections for no election. We're going to go into a, a military state. Uh, we're going to be in a situation and where that also takes Trump out of the table. They say, well, you know, sooner or later we got to lift this. But now that it's under martial federal law, yep. the rules of the game have changed. Lock that bastard up. And uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and have a tribunal and get rid of them. Get rid of their opponents. So, so that when we go, you know, we, we, you can probably be shake your head right now. And say, oh, that's never going to happen. That's ridiculous. No? Really? First of all, remember one thing: we have had a civil war in this country before. Now, I know many people uh, don't really know their history anymore, but we did have one. It started in 1861. Check your books. If you don't have any history books, go to the library. Maybe. Uh, amongst the books on trans and other things that they're allowing there, they, you might find an old history book somewhere. Read about it. It's it, it's legitimate. It's there. And mm -hmm. uh, we could have another civil war. Don't worry about people like Bill and I. We're older guys. But there are a lot of young men out there who are disenchanted with what's happening in this country, and they live in middle America, a lot of them. Don't we, we look and see the violence in the big cities and we see the leftists raising hell in the big cities. But there are tens of thousands of other people out in the uh, hinterlands, in the wilderness, as they would say, flyover country, who are not happy with what's going on. So, yes, there mm -hmm. is an environment that uh, is, is ripe for something like, like this to happen. And, yes, they know it in Washington. Yes, they know it, Bill. They, they have to – these guys – uh, I cannot believe that they would allow this to happen in our country, but I think they are. Well, it goes back to that survey I talked about earlier. Most Americans now believe that Democrats are more interested in winning, uh, winning by any means than, by, than for governing. And that's not just Republicans saying that. That's independence, everything. Yeah. Everyone goes, yeah, you know what? It's it's about winning at any means. That's what it's all about. But Demo I mean, Republicans are, well, you got rhinos that are already that way. Look at the threats uh, on the congressional vote. I mean, I saw the funniest meme. It's not funny, though. They had the picture of the entire Congress in a toilet bowl and good time to flush. I saw that. It's you so know, nice. and actually, I'm sitting there going, you know, maybe it's time to flush the whole thing. There's a uh, 
uh, a television lady out in, from L.A., KTLA, and another station, the Fox station, a reporter. What's her name? Uh, Christina uh, Pascucci or something like that. Anyway, she is quitting because she goes, I'm going to run for uh, Feinstein's seat in the Senate as an independent. She was raised a conservative, so she's going to come in as a moderate but she's running. I don't know how she's going to do. A little late to get in the game, well, you know, but, you know. Look at what's happening in Washington. We have a, a bunch of dysfunctional. You just said it. There was a meme out there with the uh, Congress in a toilet bowl, and uh, someone said, time to flush. These people can't, they can't, they couldn't find their derriere with both hands, as they would say. I'm being polite about it, but it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys... You know they they voted Jordan out in a secret backroom deal. He was he was willing to keep trying, but these turncoats in that House of Representatives in a private meeting in the basement of the Capitol where nobody knew where they were where they were they uh, they voted Jordan out. You can't run anymore. We're not we're not backing you. Now they have nine or or ten people who want to be the Speaker of the House. Uh, one of them, by the way, is Byron Donalds, who I like. He's a, uh, a, a representative from Florida. He seems like a decent conservative. I've heard him talk many times, and, and much of what he says uh, I'm aligned with. But then he gets the endorsement from one of the hardcore rhinos who was, uh, who was against Jordan. Listen. He's a America first, uh, real conservative, somebody that I can, I can back. Obviously, I already said that uh, he's a friend. He, he's also from my neighboring district. He's fellow Floridian, also a classmate. And I, I was honored to, uh, to endorse him and actually nominate him for conference chair. I think you'd be a, a great speaker, somebody that can unify all factions in, uh, in the Republican Party. And look, it's not like we have uh, liberals and moderates. We actually have conservatives and more conservatives, and it's within that range. But you need to unify that our party and get moving forward. I think you'd be a great national figure. I think you'd be a great fundraiser uh, for us. And he understands the need for the Republican Party to maintain its majority and actually increase its majority. So I'll be uh, happy to to endorse uh, and vote for Byron. That's, That's uh, Rhino Representative Carlos Jimenez. Uh, he uh, backing uh, Byron Donalds for the Speaker of the House. But we have like nine or ten people running now. When we just had Jordan running, they couldn't get it mm-hmm. right. Now they're going to be so torn apart. We are so dysfunctional right now in Washington, but yet this speaker pro tem, this guy, uh, he, he instead of saying we're going to stay all all weekend long until we get this done, he says uh, we'll see you Monday uh, or we'll see you Tuesday or whatever. I mean, the urgency isn't there. We're right. in a crisis situation. They shouldn't leave that damn room until they have a speaker. But that's not how they're they're working I this agree. thing. And boy, do they look do they look bad to the to the rest of the people? And if I were a Democrat, I would just sit back and say, uh, "See, that's what you get when you get Republicans running the uh, House of Representatives. You get confusion, chaos, uh, squabbling, and you don't get any work done." But here's the problem. You know, they see what's going on where, you know, one person can sit there and uh, do the little article to remove. Uh, Democrats have got to worry about that now because, you know, they get a rival inside their party or from the other side. It doesn't matter. 
you know, somebody can, the house is in trouble all the way around. Yeah, the first thing you they're going to do is if they get a Democrat in the speakership is somebody who have proposed a motion to uh, get rid of that uh, motion to vacate law that they've uh, put in place that was used by uh, Matt Gates. To that get was rid- a suicide pill. Yeah. You know, I, I like Matt Gates, but I, you know, I'm sorry, but he's, you know, he's. I don't I think, think this got out of. Yeah, I don't think he knew that this was this was going to happen. I think he, no. I think he thought something was going to happen that didn't happen. That we did, you know, someone said, he "Don't worry that about we were it." Going to expose rhinos. Everything was going to uh, gel cohesively. Yeah, we'll and get we'll didn't. get rid of we'll get rid of McCarthy and we'll get Jordan or Scalise in there. So Gates actually, I think, actually signed his own death warrant there. For well, the, you know, he may or may not have. It was a dumb move. I, I think uh, uh, now we have McCarthy endorsing Emmer, who, by the way, Trump said, "No, nah, I can't." You know, he didn't say it publicly, but he said it to some people in confidence. He said, "I don't think I can support Emmer." Uh, so Emmer's not going to get the, the the support and backing of uh, former President Trump. Um, we have Do- Donalds out there who's getting endorsed by a, a rhino who was anti-Jordan. I mean, this is just confusion. And the other people, I never heard of. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I know really that much about Emmer. I mean, who no. the heck? He's been sitting in the in the, in the background just uh, bouncing. I never saw him do an interview. I don't know where he stands on this stuff. I do know that he was, he was uh, uh, supported by George Soros at one time. So, yeah, that could mean something. It might not mean anything. I don't know. But we don't know about this guy, so he's a dark horse. Yeah. So uh, right now we have a mess in our government. We have nothing that, that is happening positively. Now, there are some people who say, hey, look, at if, they are, if they're all screwed up and not doing anything, they're not messing things up, maybe there's some truth to that. You know, maybe the fact yeah. that they can't pass any laws or can't make things worse is a good thing. But uh, we have a war situation that is on the horizon. Uh, in Congress funds wars. By the way, all this stuff that's happening in the Middle East, um, you know, that's supposed to, if we go to war, you have to have Congress, uh, you know, they have to approve it. It can't be just us, uh, the president saying, okay, let's go to war. That does. So how do we do that? Well, we got to pro tem. Well, it happened, you know, in Vietnam, they never really went to war. In Vietnam, it was a police action. And if it was a police action, then Johnson could continue to send troops and, and act like a wartime president. But uh, we never really got into war. Uh, the Korean War was, a, I believe, a war. Uh, but uh, it seems like we've gotten into this mode where, eh, let's not ask Congress. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take too long, and they're going to debate it, and they may stall things. Uh, we'll lose our edge. So let's uh, just send the troops over and then— We'll talk about it afterwards. And that's wow. kind of where we are now. You know, there, there's benefits that uh, troops get, soldiers get. Uh, and you have to serve a certain amount of time to get certain benefits. Now, if you served in a war for two years, that's it. You're, you've earned that, that, that card 100%. But if you're not a wartime veteran, uh, you, you get screwed. You gotta you gotta do like four, five, six years, something like that. 
Um, you know what's scary, Bill? That, we're, we're, seriously, it's here it is Monday. Yeah. By Friday, we could be at war. Could be. I mean, I don't want to scare people, but when you start having, what is it, 12,000 uh, troops floating around the uh, the ocean outside of a war zone. Uh, and by the way, they're targets. You know, 12,000 soldiers sitting on two aircraft carriers out in the middle of uh, the Mediterranean Sea. You, you know, you get some uh, Looney Tune with a, a cruise missile and you, all of a sudden you've got some trouble. You know, uh, I, I know they have protection ships there that supposedly are making sure that they aren't damaged or harmed. But, you know, we, we talked about this before. What was it, 2000, when the USS Cole was almost sunk by a, a rubber raft? And some a rubber raft with a trolling motor, yeah. Yeah, with, with explosives in it. Um, $150 piece of hardware there came out with the explosives. And that was probably, you know, truth be known, about 12 bucks worth of explosives in that uh, the, the dollar conversion ratio. It was probably pennies, but it 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 did a number on that ship. It should have sunk right there. Well, I believe it did go down, but no, it was shallow waters. They and they had to literally they had to take the coal, and they had to put it on a barge. They had to lift it out of the water. They 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 sank a barge underneath the coal, and then they refloated the barge and lifted the ship out of the water. Mm-hmm. And that's how they transported the ship back to the United States from, I believe it happened in the uh, Mediterranean, I believe. Yeah. Uh, was it Yemen or someplace like that? So they yeah, ha- I mean. Yeah. It, 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 but we're in a terrible situation right now, and I don't, I don't see any good news on the horizon. There is no good news. And, you know, it's kind of like when you throw enough darts at the balloon, well, one of them's going to hit. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of darts in the air right now. Something's going to hit something some way, somehow, somewhere, and it's not going to be pretty. And you know there was an attack on a base this weekend, I believe. Really? I think there was an attack where we had some soldiers that were hurt. I'm not. Was it Syria? I believe oh, Lebanon. Well, no, Syria. I believe. Uh, you're right. There were two attacks. One they right. one they warded off, the other attack, they they tried to minimize it. Only six people were injured. Uh, Only, but, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you yeah. If you're the mother, or father, or both of of one of the six, that six is the most damn important person to you, and it may as well be a thousand. Yep. You lost one. How would you like Take to it be from someone that's lost a child? How, you lose one, you lose one. How would you like to be on that base in Syria right now? I mean, you're surrounded by everybody around you hates you. Uh, and what kind of support are you going to get? You know, we think that government facilities are backed up by the best support there is. And then we no. think about Benghazi. Remember Benghazi? Yeah. How, how, you know, I think Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of Defense at the time. Oh, yeah, and she, she, told, she told uh, fighter jets from, I believe, Italy to stand down. Well, they were sending fighter jets over to uh, to ward off the militants who were attacking the embassy in in ben, in Syria. Was it Benghazi, right? And right. Uh, uh, she told them to stand down. We lost our ambassador and some other heroic young men who were trying to 
to uh, keep the the embassy safe. It, 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 just a tragedy. We have politicians who are putting good people's lives in danger, and it's happening yes. right now too. Anyway, it's, um, it's pretty sad. It, it, we're we're in a sad state of affairs, and I I don't know what to say about it. It's, it's a Monday show, isn't it, Bill? We we're both kind of frustrated because. So well, much is happening. There's so little we can do. You know, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of balls in the air. There, uh, I don't see anything good here. Um, no. You know, the only thing I can tell anybody to do is whatever your personal affairs are, uh, whatever your situations are, you know, get them in order. Do what you've got to do. Clear up anything that you need to clear up because – you're going to need your, your, your circle of family. You're going to need to have your house in order because if things go right, I'm not saying that, you know, you're not going to be working or not, but things are going to get worse and worse and worse. Just, you know, tighten things up. A little you know, bit. during World War II, we had a terrible war going on, but back in the homeland, it was pretty much the homeland. And mm -hmm. I, I'm afraid that there are people. And we won't in have this the homeland this time. The people in this country are used to wars happening overseas and not here. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I think that there will be there will be terrible things happening on this side of uh, the ocean, and it's it, people aren't going to know how to handle it. Dan Bongino well, over the weekend, Bill, said, and he made the suggestion on his podcast, and I think it's a good a good thing to do. You really should consider if you don't have a weapon in your house, get a weapon in the house. Learn how to use it. Take you know practice, but uh, either get a handgun or or get a, a, a rifle. He suggested an AR-15. He suggested a shotgun, and he suggested a a pistol of some kind in your house, and get enough ammunition so you can protect yourself. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I know that uh, sounds pessimistic, but uh, it's not bad advice. Yeah, it's not bad advice at all. So it is something that uh, you need to think about. Uh, it's. I had a thought, but you know, it's okay. Uh, so, no, I, I no, probably and it's not. No, it's not an age thing. It just every once in a while, you know, you get. Uh, there's so many things <laughs> floating a lot on of, your mind. Oh, Bill, that's that's the problem. They've got so much crap coming at us with different stories here and different problems there that it's hard to focus sometimes. Well, the one thing I was going to mention, though, when you talk about, you know, we've always fought a war overseas, never in the homeland. Keep in mind that we have unknowns here that are known terrorists. So we will be fighting on the homeland from within and abroad. And that is not a good thing. So that's why Bongino mentioned all of that. Um, and that's all you can do. And you know, they're going to take down the internet. They're going to take down as much of, uh, the lines of communication as they can possibly take down the, you know, all of a sudden you won't have uh, TV. You won't have, uh, a lot of things. Your cell phones probably won't work. So you might want to think about getting yourself some two way radio. So at least you can talk to uh, family members from a, a, a short distance, but at least, There'll be some line of communication uh, because these are things that uh, you have to consider when the world is on the edge, and it's on the edge right now. Yeah, have a plan because, 
You know, uh, anything that's important to you remotely, make sure that you have a plan in place because... Get yourself some uh, water purification uh, stuff so that you can purify water. You're going to need water. Get yourself some, you know, some of those emergency food supplies. You can get those at at places, sporting good places have them. With these uh, 25, what is it, 25 years, you can keep uh, food for 25 years. It probably tastes like paste, but it's nutritious and it'll keep you and your family alive. You know, Uh, I have some. It's all probably dehydrated stuff. You probably have to add water to everything to make it. Uh, well, palatable. the nice thing is it's it's sealed in. Uh, I think the 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 foil thing or something yeah. like that, the plastic foil. Nothing can get in it. I mean, you can go to the store and buy. Mm, I don't know, maybe uh, some stuff for cornbread, mm-hmm. and you can get it at the store. And you open that box up and the package up, and you'll see the little weird mites that have gotten in there because packages are vulnerable in stores. If it's sat in a warehouse, yeah. that stuff can get in there. But this package stuff, like you said, it's safe for a long time, a long, long time. And it might not taste the best, but it has the nutrients that you need. And it's probably good to have an emergency supply of food. Uh, or if you can do it yourself, find a way to do it. But um, have something there. You never know. Get some iodine pills, too. Iodine pills. You can get those on Amazon, places like that. You say, what do you need iodine pills for? If there's a nuclear explosion of some kind, off in the distance, there's radiation in the area, uh, you can fend off a lot of uh, discomfort and misery uh, with iodine pills. You know, uh, if you if you're exposed to radiation, it it it'll, it might keep you alive. So you might want to get some iodine pills. And we could go on and on. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's it's a it's it's a pessimistic show. There's so much that is happening. And uh, it, and I don't see anything getting any better anytime soon. Unfortunately, I hear some of these other shows. These uh, they they're, they're predicting something good's going to happen soon, and uh, expect uh, uh, the miracle's going to happen soon. I uh, hope they're right. I, I do too. I actually hope they're right. I hope somebody somewhere has something positive and it works out. Hey, listen, if you want to want to contact us, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbill at mail.com. There you have it. We've there's only one on. There's only one thing, one thing left to do on today's program, and that oh, is... Jim. Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?